power hour lsu boom all night long yes Let's freaking go, PHL Nation. It is a glorious day to be a Tiger football fan. I understand we're in the dead of the offseason, but I have something on my heart that I want to share with you. Just this week, a really, really good football coach. In fact, to me, one of the most talented coaches in all of college football over the past five years called us out in a pretty national interview. And we've not talked a whole lot about it. We'll get to that in just a moment. And it's not necessarily anything to do with LSU, but it's a societal issue going on right now with college football. But before we get to that, I do want to start with the crystal ball news of Micah DeBose, okay? Everybody is projecting this top 100 offensive lineman from Mobile, Alabama, home of the Senior Bowl, home of Jared Addison, home of many of our diehard PHLers. He is being projected to go to LSU now, and this would be another top 100 commit for the class of 2025. Now, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about him uh, because I'll wait till he commits, but I do want to let you know that pretty much every um, – recruiting analysts out there who talk to these kids pretty much daily. They are expecting Micah to make this next step and join the future dynasty that Brian Kelly is currently building right now. So really excited about that. And the stat that we all share with you is at the one position that is the most important when it comes to high school recruiting is the offensive line. So that would be obviously a pretty big, massive pickup, uh, considering the only thing missing from uh, the 2025 class is an elite interior lineman. Or, yeah, honestly, he's pretty athletic. I've, I've only watched a little bit of him. Um, this is a guy that that it has a very bright future. Top 100 recruits from the needle, in particular, on the offensive line. So that's really good stuff. But obviously, if he were to commit, he would still need to sign, and he wouldn't be with the team until 2025, right? So. We are the bully. LSU is the bully. Okay. That's the sad news that's on my heart right now. Jamie Chadwell of Liberty. Okay. So a group of five schools. So for those that don't know who Jamie Chadwell is, he is the Coastal Carolina coach who was the heartthrob of college football. Many thought he would get a big time job. He takes the Liberty job after Hugh Freeze lives Liberty to go to Auburn. Called out LSU. He said LSU came and bought C.J. Daniels for $300,000 and gave him a car to boot. And my response to that is, so what? I don't even think Chadwell was complaining towards LSU. But he was, in theory, not necessarily calling us out, but calling out the truth that now exists in college football. The group of five schools 
have no leverage. They don't. Every single rule that you can think of has come back to bite the group of five. Just today, college football playoff ratified its rules that the five highest-ranked conference champions will get into the college football playoff and then the seven highest-ranked teams. That is the only good thing going for the group of five because with an expanded playoff, it is going to be easier for a group of five schools to get in, and at least one will get in every season, okay? But everything else outside of that has worked against the group of five. Now, why do I say this about LSU? Because there might not be a school in America that benefits the most from the new world of college football than LSU. Now, LSU doesn't have the deepest NIL pockets. I would never, ever say that because it's just not true. But it's still pretty deep. LSU's got money. LSU uh, has the money to go out there and get the best coaches. We've seen what they've done this offseason. But now, the two lanes of the world, the Louisiana Techs of the world, the ULs of the world, Louisiana Raging Cajuns of the world, they're now, in theory, a farm system for us and for other schools. Because if a Louisiana three-star in particular goes to those schools and balls out of control, they're leaving. And where are they most likely going to go? LSU. Now, not every single one's gone to LSU. Trey Harris at Louisiana Tech, he might be the best receiver in the SEC. He went to Ole Miss. Trey Amos went to Alabama, then went to Ole Miss. A lot of players are still going to go elsewhere. but. The group of five, and this was a Liberty wide receiver. This wasn't even an in-state wide receiver. It is going to be moving forward. And I think this will become um, even more widespread. Okay. Tulane and UL and Louisiana Tech will feed LSU players. Okay. It's just how it's going to be. And if LSU doesn't want them, those kids are going to go to Auburn or Ole Miss or wherever. And the vice versa is also true of this as well. Devonta Lee didn't work out at LSU. Went to Louisiana Tech. Amazing story, by the way. I've been cheering for Devonta from afar in his cancer battle. Cam Wire started at LSU. Went to Tulane. Jared Small. Another Louisiana three-star Catholic high, shout out to you, Cliff, goes to Tulane, okay? Vice versa is also true. So the group of five will giveth, but also taketh away, but not in a positive sense. It'll be the leftover players that didn't work out at LSU that go to the other schools, okay? So... I like that because I am an LSU fan. It it does heavily benefit LSU. We do have the money to pay for the guys that we want. If C.J. Daniels did indeed get that six-figure sum of money that Jamie Chadwell claims he received, whatever the case may be, LSU is well-positioned for the future of college football. My point, though, 
is I don't know if this is healthy for the sport. This has been happening, as Cliff points out. Okay. This has been happening. Okay. This is not anything new. This is this is something that's always just been around. But it is very fascinating to see it unfold. And more coaches are going to complain about it. And we're going to see more coaches make the jump from group of five head coach to assistant coach at the power five level. We saw that happen with Georgia State recently where Coach Elliott decided to make the jump to South Carolina, a head coaching job to not even an OC job, a run game coordinator, tight end job. It's a weird situation, okay? A very, very weird situation. Um, and, and we'll see how it all plays out. I just found it interesting that Jamie Chadwell came at us like that, but I would feel that way too if my number one wide receiver left me for that. Now, as we always do, I start off every live stream just talking what's on my mind, but this live stream is also about you. If this just happens to be the very first time you've watched my channel, welcome. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. Ring the bell. Chat. Don't be afraid. Chat. Show me some love. Show yourself some love here tonight on PHL. Okay. Um, and that's a, that's the thing. It's not. I'm, I'm not saying LSU is doing anything different than all the other schools. Like I said, I'm in favor of it. I'm happy about it. I just think. <laughs> Group of five football is in a really rough spot. And I mean a really, really rough spot. And I just want you to think of them during this troubling time. It's a tough time for them, right? I couldn't imagine being at Georgia State two days into spring football, your head coach leaves for a non-head coaching job. And it's probably going to make the same amount of money or somewhat similar amount of money. I know it's less. But it's still a lot of freaking money to be a Power 5 assistant, not even a coordinator, an assistant, okay? Now, um, getting a few texts here. Um, I really appreciate that. appreciate all the support, getting some Twitter DMs. I absolutely love it. And um, getting a lot of good feedback on our interviews with our student-athletes. Really excited about that as well. Uh, probably an LSU Tiger fan today. Now, where did I put these things? Okay, here we go. First $50 Super Chat, we'll get this Tylen Singleton autograph photo. Tylen was very kind to us to give us his time. And I'm currently editing the other interviews. Editing process takes some time. And um, let's let's give more stuff out. Let's keep it going. Right, I sent um, LA Mom a, a very nice care package. She got a Joe Cryer autograph. Shout out to her. And, um, and there you go. Bryant says, C.J. Daniels is a monster. I watch his highlights. I just pray it translates week to week in higher levels of play. He is really good. I, I really do think he is. He's, he's SEC quality. It's just going to come down to the versatility, right? A lot of his plays were on the right side. Um, you know, they're going to put him in the slot, and they're going to move him around. The Oregon game was very up and down for him, but he also did some – uh, really good things in that game as well. We say hi to Jared with our first super chat. Jared, thank you so much. He is very excited for Micah Dubose. I am very excited that Mobile, Alabama's got a player 
projected to go to LSU. So I know Jared is really pumped up about that. Mobile. Mobile, Fairhope. I love that area. I could live in that area. There's a lot of LSU fans in that area. Not that far from Baton Rouge. I, I, I could do it. I could do it. Go eat at Gambino's every night. Get fat on chicken parm. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Now. Let's see here. I want to welcome in everyone. Larry, it's been a while. What's up, man? Chance is in here. LA mom. There she is. LD88. Good to see you. Uh, Tyler, what's up? I hope you're doing well. Lance on Facebook. Good to see your beautiful face. Tony the Tiger. Um, got some major Apple White conversation in here. Okay. Good to see all your beautiful faces. Now, next thing. As we move along in this offseason, we're going to talk some other sports. We're still LSU football through and through. But really until LSU spring football gets kicked into gear, we'll we'll talk more of the other sports because I've gotten some requests to talk about um, more of the other sports. I'm very happy to do that. I don't know those other sports as well as I know LSU football. Um, But – I love watching it. I do want to talk a little bit about LSU women's basketball going to um, a tough place, Texas A&M, Lubbock. I said Lubbock. uh, College Station to um, take care of business. They beat them down. Obviously, the game got pretty testy. I want to start with how bad women's basketball officiating is. Men's basketball officiating is bad, okay? But as someone who calls a lot of college basketball, and I call quite a bit of college basketball, it's 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 true in all levels, okay? I've watched a decent amount of high school basketball when I go support my nieces uh, and their basketball journey. I I obviously watch a good bit of college basketball, and – you know, whether it's the D2, D3, JUCO level, which is about where I am, or the way higher up D1 level, WNBA officiating is really good. I'll say that. But women's college basketball officiating is terrible. I, I, I It's to the point where I don't know if I can watch. Like, I, I, I don't know if I can. Like, that fourth foul that they call Angel Reese on last night just ruins it, okay? And... I hate to say it, the national championship, we beat the crap out of Iowa. But there were some horrible foul calls on Caitlin Clark. There, there just was. We still would have beat them down. We were shooting too well. Jasmine, Carson, it was just too good. But the the, the truth is, th- there needs to be a reckoning in, in the sport. Nevertheless, that aside, Anissa Morrow is so underrated. Nationally, she's underrated. Um, Flaugé. Her improvement is gone way under the radar. She was not nearly this good last year as she is this year. Not nearly as good. And you got to think about all the all the extracurricular she's been doing with her music, all the NIL stuff. You could tell, even with all of that, she's been hitting the gym and just improving her overall game. I mean, she has got a bag. 
offensively, defensively. He's one of the most athletic players you'll ever see. Very nuanced game as well. It's crazy how hard she's worked. So shout out to them. Shout out to the LSU Lady Tigers. Shout out to Angel Reese, 50th double-double. That's really good stuff. Shout out to LSU baseball and um, their success. And LSU basketball obviously getting a big one. We'll see what they do tomorrow night versus Kentucky at 8 p.m. Central. We'll be live tomorrow, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. Really excited about that, okay? Um, but it, it, it's it's got to stop with the, the, this 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 officiating, okay? It it it's got to stop. I, I'm I'm sorry. I just I it's it's terrible, and it's both sides. It's for both teams, okay? Um. Some of you listen to some of my college basketball calls, and I've said this very thing. I have said this very thing time in and time out. Okay. And it drives me up. It drives me up a wall. Let the women play. All right. Because the reason why I, I'm going to be so em- emphatic about this is women's basketball is on the ascent. All right. It is growing. That is not um, a debatable fact. Okay. The best thing about NBA All Star Weekend was a woman, right? Sabrina Inescu almost beating Steph Curry in a three point shootout from the men's line. All right. Women's basketball is growing. I just don't want to give potential women's basketball fans a reason to not watch. Okay. Where men's basketball, people are going to watch regardless. You know, NBA. March Madness NCAA men's tournament. That stuff is so big. The brands are so big. It doesn't matter. But if you have bad officiating or if there's something like difficult to watch about a sport that's on the on the come up, you you it sucks, right? Like this year in the NFL, here's a good example. The power of the NFL. Scoring was horrible this year in the NFL. Quarterback efficiency was horrible this year. The quarterback who had the lowest yard per attempt this year was Patrick Mahomes. Okay? Like, Lamar Jackson's MVP season isn't close to any of the other MVP seasons. It's not even close to his other MVP season. Guess what happened to the ratings in the NFL? Through the roof. And I just talk at Taylor Swift. I'm talking about all of it through the roof, okay? So it doesn't matter if the football's good or bad. People are still going to watch, college or NFL. It's not the same with other sports, right? Um, I'm a huge poker fan. If I'm watching poker and people are in the tank and they're making, they're deciding five minutes between if they're going to call or raise or whatever, I don't love poker enough to sit and watch that, okay? So that's why it's important if you're watching a poker broadcast that you have a clock like every 30 seconds. You're making a decision or whatever to keep it moving. So if you're not a major sport or anything like that, you've got to make it the most watchable for 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 the fans. Okay, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Jared says change the definition of a foul. They call every little touch. They do. It freaking drives me insane. Um, one thing I would do is not and and this is one thing that's very controversial. I'm okay with letting some some contact go in basketball, even if it involves a major collision, 
All right. And it didn't help that Texas A&M's players were flopping like fish. Um, it's, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yes, exactly. LD 88. If someone is going up for a layup, they're going to call a foul because there's going to be some kind of contact. Right. Um, and like Kim and Kim and, and, and Dawn and all, they can't really say anything about it because they know they're going to get fined, right? Uh, it's bad. It's bad. One thing I do agree with, though, is they've changed the block charge rule, right? They, they call more charges blocking fouls, which is how it should be. You, you should not want charges. Okay. What's up, Fonz? Yeah. I mean... The referees have it out for Angel. They just do. They just do. They 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 don't like anybody with 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 swagger or attitude. That's why they did. That's why they called the T on on Caitlin Clark in the final last year for rolling the ball. They're stupid. Don't call that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But you know. I'm very pro women's sports, as, as many of you know. Um, and been able to sit and watch any LSU softball. We do have two LSU softball experts in our Discord, so um, they they know everything. And that's Sherry Berry and Skipper. Um, they are they are beast when it comes to the softball stuff. Um, but shout out to Beth Tarina and the Lady Tigers. LSU Athletics in a really good spot right now. I'm loving that. Okay, shout out to Scott. Woodward. Now, um, you know, as far as LSU baseball is concerned, just it's really it's really hard for me to get into this early portion of the season. But it does feel good to be 4-0. I'll leave it at that. Okay. LSU now number two in the power 10. And Wake Forest lost today. I think I saw Blake tweet that out that Wake Forest um lost today. So yeah, you know, um really excited about that. Really excited about LSU baseball this year. Still buying Dylan Cruz autographs. Cause um apparently in batting practice on the first pitch today, I saw it he had an oppo home run. You know, I know it was batting practice, but Dylan Cruz in my home away from home, Washington DC. That brother's gonna Ball the frick out. So, Dylan, if you're watching this, much love to you. Now, let's see here. Do you want to shout out something else? Miss Janice and Miss Chad and Mr. Chad. This is really cool, and I wanted to spend some time talking about this. Um, Lisey Dex, Dex Hamilton, um, you, you guys saw him in the chat on Sunday. They're the ones that are editing the videos, okay? Now, one of the interviews, the Xavier Atkins interview, which was our deepest interview. You're going to love it when it gets released. Um, that was one that I did entirely on myself, but the reason why my interviews are looking so good is that an actual professional videographer surprised me and shot the interviews. So that's why the Big Hoss Crier and uh, Tylen Singleton interviews look so clean. Okay. 
I'm not that good enough with the camera. Huh? 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 Uh, so shout out to them. But this was a really cool story. Um, Janice and Chad drove a little over an hour just to come to the card show to meet me. And that was really cool. Shout out to Chad. He gave me some markers, which I use today. I'm a huge Sharpie guy. Um, when I'm here, I'm writing my notes in, in pen. But out there, I do use Sharpie uh, to, 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 to make notes and, and write on packages that I'm shipping out. So I appreciate you, Chad. You're helping me out uh, in a major way. And uh, Miss Janice, the flowers are absolutely gorgeous. They're in our, uh, our den. I really appreciate you guys. Okay. Um, SPF, stop pump faking. Why, 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 why anti-pump fake? Bob Knight would roll over in his grave if he heard this. Bob Knight was a pump fake, or he, I think he called it a shot fake. It's still the same thing. But what's wrong with a pump fake? The baseball season is about to be wild. I think this team could be really, really special. Hmm. I will say this, Jared. Um, I still can't sign a signature worth a darn. Um, on average, when when I'm I'm I do an event, I have to sign like one item, and and this weekend I have to sign two. I cannot sign a T-shirt. That's why it's shocking. Every one of our signatures on here looks really good. Every T-shirt I've had to sign has been terrible. It looks awful. It looks absolutely awful. Uh, we'll take a few more before I get into my next topic here. Um, yeah, and I, I think, that, and I'm glad you brought this up, uh, Fonz. When the refs call the game tighter, it benefits LSU last year because we were deeper. Refs calling the games tighter this year is not a benefit because we are not deep. You know, no Samaya Smith. She's out for the year. Could Terry pull off the team? And we're, what, a seven, eight-ish deep rotation right now? So that's not good. I do think we're in a better position to survive foul trouble because, you know, Angel has become – a little bit more position versatile. Uh, you can feel her being a little bit more comfortable on the perimeter. But really, Flaje and, and Anissa Morrow are so athletic, and they they could play one through four. And they um, they provide us a little bit more flexibility. So, you know, outside of that, we're just not as deep of a team as we were last year. So the foul and, and refs calling games tight concern me. They do. All right. Um. Yes, that I'm still scarred by what Florida did to us in the College World Series, but we ultimately got the last laugh. Wyatt Lankford, though, that dude is a freaking beast. Playing for the Rangers now, I believe. Um. Now, I want to talk a little bit here about and and it, there's been so much discussion about the running back room with uh, the Trey Holly story from over the weekend. We'll see how all that plays out. I do want to chat 
about the other side of the football. Okay. You know, I feel better about Savian Jones going into next year. All right. He did not have a good season this past year. He definitely wasn't as good as he was the year before. Okay. When he was Ollie Gay's backup, he just made plays. And this year, you know, he he made an occasional tackle or two. I think he is in for massive improvements this offseason. And, you know, when Blake Baker was here, that was the DeMond Clark transformation. Okay. And hopefully there are multiple LSU defensive starters because right now Saving Jones is a starter. I hope there are multiple starters that are going to get the same transformation from Blake Baker. Okay. Uh, obviously, Major Burns is one you think of. Sage Ryan is another you think of. Um, you, you want to see it. Okay. You really do want to see it. All right. But I'm telling you right now, Gabriel Relaford has grown on me. All right. He has grown on me. I do think he is a patient young man. I do believe he's comfortable with waiting until year two to be uh, for, for it to be his time. But he's, he's got the build to play the role. All right. Um, you know, he's a grinder, he's a hustler. And I, I think he can hold up and give us something next year. The thing that's really interesting about the LSU defensive side of the football is there's not necessarily a lack of numbers, okay? There, there's just not. There's plenty of four-star or better players available for LSU to choose from and build a two to two-and-a-half deep defensively. It's just none of them are proven, okay? None of them are proven really at all outside of a select few, okay? And the question you got to ask yourself is the guys that we would consider to be proven or experienced, how many of those guys would you say are good football players? Okay. Or you would say had a good season last year on the defensive side of the football. The answer is probably not many. Okay. Uh, Whit Weeks is definitely one of those guys who was good for a true freshman linebacker. Um, Braden Swinson was good for a first-year player. I felt our assignments on his side could get a little weird at times. Um, there were guys that did good things. But the one thing I that all four of the defensive guys told me is, yes, they are fine with earning their stripes or earning their snaps or whatever. But they do smell blood in the water, right? And what I mean by that is snaps are there for the taken. They they are there. There's probably not been an LSU defense where on all three levels, there were snaps for the taken for true freshmen, okay? And I understand there's going to be more transfers that come in during this, this spring transfer period. I get that, all right? I really do get that. 
But to SPF, do I think multiple freshmen will start on defense? Yeah, I, 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 I could see it. All right. I want to give you two names um, that I, I've heard um, are, are, are moving up pretty quickly. One is Tylen Singleton. Okay. I have a really good grade on Tylen Singleton. Um, had a, obviously did the interview with them this weekend. He wants to, he wants my Tyron Matthew card collection and that's cool. I'll give it to him. If he's a first round pick, if you want to see what that's all about, uh, go check out my interview with him. If he is a first round pick in three years, he will own my most valuable card in my entire collection. Okay. Which obviously there's a piece of me rooting against him because I worked really hard to acquire this card, but Tylen Singleton is a, a guy I've heard really good things about. And then the others, Deshaun McBride, top 100 recruit. You know, he is probably one of the least hyped top 100 recruits we've had at LSU ever, right? Because his recruitment was pretty straightforward. Um, you know, he's not an overall flashy looking me kind of guy, but I, I, I do like him. Okay. Um, I'm hearing good things. It's it's all I could basically say. I'm not seeing them. Okay. All we know is that they're just working out right now. But it's it's interesting when you hear these things, right? I'll reach out to people that are at the workouts and and see the things, and they're like, yeah. Now. One more player I want to reference, okay, is Caden Durham. So I asked uh, the players this weekend, who's the guy? Who's the guy when you're like, okay, this is, this is a dude right here. And I'm not just talking about when you see him at workouts or when you see him on a trip. I'm talking about the whole shebang, the whole package. They say Caden Durham. All right. Now. Dex is my witness because he was like, like we mentioned a minute ago, I don't think Elise Dex was able to see it. Best production company in Louisiana. Let's go to the moon. Um, yeah, Tylen Singleton's coming from my collection. I don't like it. Tylen, if you're watching this or if your sweet mother's watching it, I don't like it. I should have never said what I said. Okay. I told my football card co-host that earlier today. He's like, what? You really did that? You're dumb. But I'm down. I will fly to wherever the NFL draft is. Obviously, obviously, if he's a first-round pick, he's going to be in the green room. And I'll sneak into the green room and, and hand him the card when he's selected. It, it'll happen. I believe in you, Tylen. I also believe he's going to give it right back to me. I'm kidding. I mean, he should keep it if he does. if this does happen. Um, but yeah, I think those, those two guys in Caden Durham, all right, Caden Durham, it's nonstop from the players, from my own two eyes, from the actual production. If you were to stack up his high school career to 
anyone in this recruiting class's high school career that he would have the best. Production-wise, you cannot deny what this guy did at an extremely high difficult level of football. All right? He's that guy. Caden Durham is that guy. So, right now, he is my number one rated player. I'm still going through and looking at the huddle tapes and looking at the stats, um, reaching out to coaches about who they think and how they feel about certain players. It's going to take a lot for me to move Caden Durham off the number one spot. Okay? A lot. And that's nothing against trade as Green or Dominic McKinley or any of those guys. It's just Durham. The dude just continues to make noise. Okay. And he's he's not even there yet. Okay. Um I've seen some photos of him. He looks a little bigger, which is a good thing. You guys know how I like my running backs. Okay. I like him thick. I like him thick as a brick. Jared says spring can't get here fast enough. You are right. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't wait for spring football. Um, we obviously get a boost in in views when we do our spring football video reviews. I'm really excited to do that. I like doing it. But, you know, one thing I, I'll say, and once again, you guys feel free to super chat. We'll go straight to your question. Um, here, Here's what I would say about spring football is I, I I think it's going to matter less and less as time moves on. Okay? Um, and I hate that because it is some form of football. But you look at how many great players we've had that were fallen rollies or guys that just skipped down on spring football altogether. Um you do question how important it is. I think it's important for some positions in particular, the quarterbacks, but it's um it's 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 interesting, right? It's very interesting. You know, I, I go back to, to NBA All Star Weekend, I know I referenced it earlier. If the players know that it doesn't mean anything, my they're gonna be like, Oh, why am I trying? Why would I go out there and get injured? Coaches also feel the same way. If they know that you could potentially get hurt in spring football, if you are even in the least bit banged up, they're not going to dress you out. You know, uh, it's it's a weird dichotomy, right? Um, and as there is with everything in college football right now, there's going to be a lot of questions about the future of spring football. One thing, though, that does help spring football, all right, and does help the college football hype cycle is how people feel about the NCAA video game. I just think spring football is going to be so swallowed up with everyone getting excited about college football, uh, the NCAA college football video game coming back. So we'll see. Tell him, Jared, I like him thick, baby. Thick as a brick. Also, let me some Micah DeBose. We talked about him quite a bit tonight. 
top 100 running backs or top 100 players in general, but top 100 offensive linemen, they move the needle, baby. They freaking move the needle. Okay. Now, um, next thing. Does the five-seven college football playoff format help LSU? Yes, it does. You know, LSU. I'm not sure if LSU will ever become Georgia level or Alabama level, where you know during the Saban Alabama run. They were never lower than the number two recruiting class, hardly ever. And during Kirby's run here, they're never lower than the top three recruiting class. The good thing is we don't need to be at that level, right, for our our program to still win national championships and still be successful, okay? LSU is in a really good position with that too, right? Because let's just say LSU is ranked – Number eight at the end of the year. Well, if they're ranked number eight, guess what? They're hosting a college football playoff game if they're ranked number eight. The extended playoff helps at LSU in a major way. And it helps out a lot of these SEC schools that are kind of like in LSU's range, right? which is us, Texas is kind of in this range. I think there's a little teardrop after that. I think you would have to put Alabama in our range as well. You know, there's going to be some kind of drop-off with Saban. But LSU is just such a good spot. A lot of rules, like we started today with the Group of Five conversation and how the Group of Five structure works in the state of Louisiana, there's a lot of rules that have – Benefited LSU football recently. Okay. Let's go to Sibley. Appreciate the super chat over the weekend, man. The bowl games are now the spring games. That's true. You know, like that bowl game is so important um, for how people feel about you going into the next year. Okay. Bowl games can really move the needle for quarterbacks, too. How USC feels about their quarterback room changed drastically when Miller Moss went out there and looked like prime Matt Leinart through six tutties against a decent Louisville defense. But that's not here nor there. Now... Man, I'm feeling good tonight. Life is just good, y'all. Let's see. 96 mile per hour fastball. 
SBF says, I'm looking forward to the secondary battle. Yeah, I, I just... All right, let me, let me ask you this. True or false? Major Burns is starting versus USC. True or false? Type T for true, type F for false in the chat right now. Let's take a look at the poll question. Do you care about group of five college football? 61% of you say yes. 39% of you say no, only P5 and SEC. I, I'm a little shocked. I said yes. Jared says true. Billy says true. Oh, SPF says a move to linebacker. Lisey Dex says true. Can he play linebacker? I don't think so. He'd have, he'd have to get bigger, but he does have the neck roll, so that that counts. That that's a that's a step in the right direction. Okay, the only thing we need is a is a fishnet jersey. Oh, LA mom, don't. Hey, hey, we don't, we don't, we don't do this here. We don't do this. It was a true or false question. <laughs> oh, man. See if it says false. That's the thing, man. He logged a lot of snaps last year. Chance to talk some Sean Washington. Fidel Uloa, LSU pitcher. I think Juco pitchers or Juco players get lost in the shuffle. And you know about me, I love Juco, man. I think Juco college athletics is like, it's so underrated. Kedrick says he hopes Toviano takes that spot for major burns. I agree. What up, what up, what up? Jordan, fresh off the ski trip. He says a little sore after a ski trip for y'all. Can't be sore after a ski, ski trip. You, you should feel refreshed that you got to hang out with the snow. Yeah, you know, I don't know what to make of SEC basketball this year. This has just been the weirdest, weirdest year in SEC men's basketball. Women's basketball, I mean, South Carolina, LSU, we knew that, right? Men's basketball, we knew Tennessee would be good. We didn't know South Carolina would be good. Okay. But, man, I don't know what to make of the SEC in, in hoops. Okay. Let me put this up on the screen real quick. 
I would say I've probably watched every one of these teams at least once in a full game. Okay. I still think Tennessee's the best team. Okay. I do. Um, oh crap. Missouri Dennis Gates is 0-13. Oh man. Not been the same since that Princeton loss. I did not expect Dennis Gates and Missouri to be on 13 this year. Um, but yeah, this is just a weird year. All right. Uh, obviously, Lamont Paris is probably coach of the year here, but I still think Tennessee is the best team in the SEC. Uh, But Nate Oates in Alabama, they just keep churning out wins, bro. They just do. Florida at 8-4 and four has been a surprise. And it's interesting. Mike White leaves Florida to go to Georgia. <laughs> he crossed that line. Get it? Because of the country group. And he's 4-8. and eight. And Florida's eight and four. Interesting. I didn't I didn't think Georgia was like a step up from the Florida job. All right. I didn't think so. But yeah. Now in the next five to ten minutes, I'll answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat. We'll keep it moving. Coach Smith says he likes unpredictable in sports. I agree. Just as long as this team wins. Did you speak on the Liberty coach? I did, Jamie Chadwell, at the beginning. I do like Jamie as a coach. And, the, you know, I kind of agreed with this, his overall sentiment. And, you know, I don't, I don't think he was necessarily just calling us out. I think he was calling, like, just the realities of the, of the sport out. But we're the bullies. Burns is the only player Eric knows that um, trash talks other teams after they get a first down. Okay. Oh, man. No free reads on here, baby. But if you're interested, hit me up, DK. If that is you indeed, DK. Okay. Now, do you have a few more things before we get to a few more comments? But for PHL Nation, oh yeah, baby, you know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to louisianacontrols.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. I want to shout out TJ Reed. I also want to shout out Joshua Mayu. Or Mayo. Um, he's the one that Always shares our stuff on Facebook. Every time I go live, he shares on Facebook. Thank you so much. Been trying to grow on Facebook forever. I just got to post on there more. 
It's hard for me, though. I did see Mark Zuckerberg walking out with the UFC fighter this weekend. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, you go, Zuck. I, I, I looked at my phone. I was like, what the Zuck is this? Yeah. What's this? What the Zuck? It made me go, what the Zuck is going on? Mm. put this up here this is who jared wanted to i say jared jordan wanted to talk about stephen milam 58172 shout out my short king he's also wearing that number four jersey i still got my k Doty card la cruces new mexico love it Um, I think it's as far as spring football is concerned, we are inching closer. One thing we have not discussed is the backup quarterback battle. Is there a quarterback battle for the QB1? I don't think so. I think Garrett played too well in the bowl game. But we got a lot of people that are fans of Ricky Collins that watch his channel. Ricky is in a lot of trouble. All right. It is going to be hard for him to beat out AJ Swan. But I think he can. I think he can. Little dub with the super chat. We'll keep it moving. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. First super since my guy Jared, once again. Venmo Cash App at Carter the Power. Super Chat is wide open. Uh, it's been a while, but the merch sales have picked up for Power Hour LSU. I appreciate that. Okay. There you go. Do I believe we'll have a different scheme on defense? The answer to that is... Not really. I, I don't think it's going to radically change too much. I just think our rules will change, okay? How we communicate on defense will change. We'll still use a lot of four-man surfaces with one player being in a two-point stance. 
But one thing Blake did a really good job of was adjusting his scheme based on who he played. Okay. Really good example of this little dub is the Tennessee game. All right. So the one thing Tennessee does a really good job of is outnumbering you in the box. Okay. And the way they do that is spreading you out and running a lot of five wide, uh, just five offensive line fronts. And they'll occasionally motion a tight end and he'd be the lead blocker on wham blocks and whatnot. So what Blake Baker decided to do was give Tennessee light boxes and dared them to run the football against a front for Missouri that last year was very underrated. And they won that battle. They did a really good job beating blocks, um, causing the Tennessee offensive lineman to lean. And they just made plays up front. And Blake did a really good job of changing it up and, and forcing them to run. And Tennessee's offense, they want to run the football, especially considering their quarterback drop-off was so drastic from Hooker to um, number seven, whose name slips my mind, who can throw it, Joe Milton. And it was such a good game plan. All right, now, the Tennessee has some self-inflicted wounds in that game. Sure, they did. But to force that team to only score seven points is crazy. When, you know, Josh Heupel, who is a top five play caller in all of college football, that was just such a good plan. And he did a good job mixing in their coverages and adjusting their coverages to what Tennessee was doing. Okay. So thank you, little dub. I really appreciate it. Um, $2 Super Chat take a long way, especially in the offseason, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, and hopefully I answered your question just fine. I just think he's going to do a way better job of adjusting and putting together plans week to week. The issue for me is we didn't really do a whole lot of adjusting. The only major adjustments we really made on defense was eventually playing Toviano, which was smart, and honestly just moving Harold Perkins around. Um, and we moved him around a lot last year, a lot, a lot. Okay. So we'll do it again. I have a feeling we're going to get a few extra supers. And speak of the devil. All right. Let's go to Lil Dub again. Thank you so much. I'm hoping for all new techniques from RDBs. My thoughts. Okay. This has been a question I've been asked quite a bit. Carter, are we actually going to play our DBs closer to the receivers? The funny thing about last year is the one thing the LSU defense did a good job of was not getting beat over the top. You can even make a case that this defense was better at not getting beat over the top than the defense prior, which was actually a good respectable defense, okay? The issue is we were bad at everything else. And a big reason why we were good at not getting beat over the top is we were giving up everything underneath, okay? Too easy. Yes, we'll be more aggressive with RDBs. One thing, though, I would say 
and it does concern me a, a little bit with Blake Baker is he had the best corner duo in the SEC last year outside of maybe Alabama with McKinstry and Arnold. But I, I would go off and say that Abram Serene and Rake Straw were the best corners in the SEC. Both of them would be by far the best corner on our team this year if they were to play or the next year if they were going to play. And that helps, right, if you have two elite corners of that caliber. But, yes, we'll have better technique defensively. Corey Raymond hopefully is a, a big reason why. But I, I also think um, Blake is, is really going to help us with that. I really do think so. And, you know, I, I, I know I keep mentioning this because I don't want you to think that I'm just blowing smoke up y'all's you-know-whats. But I am not afraid to be honest how I feel about a coach. I'm not afraid. All right. And I bring this up just for a reference for people that just think I'm pom pom waving LSU. There is a video you can go back and watch for yourself when Madhouse was hired, showing that I did not like the hire and I did not think it was going to work out. And that took a little bit out of me, right? Because I just. I, I want to feel good about all coaching hires. I really, really, really do. And the only reason I bring that up is that I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to to, to have the blowback. And there was some, um, and and that comes along with it. You know, if you're if you're saying something like a new coach is not something you're really a big fan of, I am a fan of Blake Baker. I really do think this was one of the best hires they could have made. And there's a piece of me that thinks it is the best hire they could have made. All right. Um, and and I, I, I think Blake's going to do a really good job. And I, I really do mean this, okay? He had one bad game as a Missouri defensive coordinator in 26 games. One game I would consider to be bad. All right. Matt House had a ton. All right. I don't include Jaden Daniels lighting up Blake Baker because Jaden was not stopped last year at all outside of Florida State in the second half. And that was mostly dro- that was mostly drops. OK. The truth is. Blake Baker was one of the most underappreciated defensive coordinators in college football the last two years. And now he's a little bit more appreciated and there's a little bit more pressure on him because he is getting paid a lot of money to be the defensive coordinator at LSU. I think he's going to be good. I really do think so. Okay. I've, I, I'll, I'll tell this to you publicly. I've said, I've shared this in my discord and little dub for nine ninety nine a month. You can join the PHL Patreon. The link is down below. And you could see my Blake Baker deep dive where, you know, I share some stats that, that show that this guy is a real deal. Okay. Blaine, good to see you, bro. Wish the Saints would move up and draft Malik neighbors. Um, 
I hate that move for both parties. And let me tell you why. The first is I don't want Mal- I don't want Malik to be a part of a crowded room. I want him to go somewhere where targets are going to be there. What do we know about the Saints? Well, Rashid Shaheed can play. Chris Olave can play. Now, I think Malik Neighbors is better than both of them. But those guys are really freaking good. I think A.T. Perry is very interesting. The Saints have a bad quarterback situation as well. So I don't want Malik Neighbors going there. The second thing, from a Saints perspective, they do not need receivers. And now, would I? could I see them drafting one? Yes. But... Saints have a lot more needs to trade up precious draft capital and resources to go get Malik Neighbors. And, you know, Malik Malik is probably better served to go to uh, another team with better QB play. Um, James believes Shahid is on the move. That would break my heart. I freaking love Rashid Shahid. Okay. Lil Dub follows up, can we beat USC? Yes, LSU will be favored uh, versus USC. They're already favored by six versus USC. Um, Vegas views LSU a lot more favorably than, than most people do. If you were to ask most college football media members who has a better shot of winning the title next year, LSU or Ole Miss, I'll tell you Ole Miss. But LSU's got better title odds than Ole Miss right now. So, LSU likes, or the the, the Vegas folks like LSU beating USC, and it should be interesting. Yes, if Shahid's not there, it changes things. But even then, I want Malik to go to a team. Like, obviously, the Chargers would be the absolute perfect fit. But that's the case for any elite wide receiver. You're joining a room with Justin Herbert and an aging legend. So you're going to go join that room. Keenan Allen's there. You'll learn from Keenan Allen, who is a Hall of Famer. And you'll get to be the wide receiver too. And then year two, you become the wide receiver one. The issue for the Chargers is do they draft the receiver in the first round again because their receiver they drafted the year before was a disaster. Okay. Here's one from Pegasus. If you're BTJ, would you rather Miami, Buffalo, or Cub, or Cincinnati? Okay. (sighs) Definitely not Miami. Definitely not Miami. He's not really a Miami receiver. Now, would he do well? Yes, obviously, he's going to do well. Um, Buffalo or Cincy? 
obviously with Buffalo, there's not going to be as much target competition a few years ago there. And he's a deep threat. So he's probably a better fit with 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 Buffalo. He's not really a slot guy. And that's kind of where he would play in, in Cincinnati if they were to draft him. Um, but then again, if you do draft BTJ, you know he can play on the outside in the NFL. That puts Jamar Chase in the slot. And I think Jamar is very underrated in the slot. Uh, so I, I would probably say Buffalo, but obviously out of those three, I would love for Cincinnati. Pro Day is what is what's the exact date? It's April or late March or something like that. Let me see. I can pull it up for you really quickly. I got to go all the way down here. There we go. Pro day is March 27th. Okay. March 27th. Coaches clinic. April 4th through 6th. April 13th. March 5th is the first day of spring practice. So like we said, a few weeks away from that. Donald said since he could let T. Higgins walk and save money for Chase if they draft BTJ. One minor thing I would say, um, I think the kid that they drafted from Princeton is a little underrated. The Andre uh, Isovas. Um, I also like Khalil Shakur for Buffalo, but I think Diggs wore down a little bit this year. So that's why I say Buffalo is probably better fit for BTJ, but we'll see what happens. Um, I do not think Cincy is parting ways with T Higgins. Next year's a big year for Cincinnati. All right. The Ravens are still going to be very good, but there's going to be some regression. And the way that they lost that game to Kansas City, there's going to be some type of hangover. There's going to be some type of roster attrition. Those types of losses where it really was self-inflicted wounds. Now, Kansas City made some ridiculous plays in that game. But... Buffalo played, I say Buffalo, Cincinnati, also Buffalo to a certain degree. But Cincinnati just, I say Cincinnati, Baltimore just fell apart. Okay. The Browns are the Browns. Quarterback situation is still a mess. I felt the Browns had the top five roster in the NFL this year. Just didn't have a quarterback. 
still a lot of doubts with the Browns. Okay. What's Nick Chubb look like going into next year? Does Amari Cooper still have gas in the tank? So it's a weird division. And the Steelers, obviously I don't like Arthur Smith. Very weird roster going into next year. Who is their QB? So I think if you're the Bengals, you look at this situation, you're like, maybe this is our time. Maybe this is our year because Burrow's just going to get more expensive. I think Cincinnati's really going to push the chips in and, and try and make a run for it with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow again. Yes, LD88, he's with the Jaguars now, Madhouse, as a linebacker coach. One thing. All right. I want you to give me one LSU Tiger in this NFL draft cycle that you think is underrated. Okay. You know, I, I've thought about this. And by the way, shout out to Ty Davis Price. He's getting another shot with the Philadelphia Eagles. He goes to the Eagles. TDP was just not effective with San Francisco. I thought that was a perfect fit. I thought TDP was going to be solid there. Philly, hopefully it works out. He was one of my sleeper guys a few years ago. I thought he was going to have a better NFL career. But it's not worked out. Okay. Who is the one sleeper from this LSU draft cycle that you think will make some noise next year? You know, I heard good things about Charles Turner at the Senior Bowl. James says Makai Wingo. Okay. What if Pegasus says, what if you're Jaden Daniels, New England, Giants, Las Vegas, or Atlanta? Okay. Let's go through all four of these situations here. Las Vegas makes a lot of sense. Antonio Pierce and Jaden have a relationship. So uh, dating back to Arizona State. Uh, Vegas knows they need a quarterback in a division with um, Herbert and, and Mahomes. That makes sense. Okay. New England. We knew um, Belichick liked Jaden, but Belichick's not there anymore. Um. AFC East, that's a tough division. I hope it's not New England for a few reasons. Outdoor stadium, cold weather. Jaden's a tough son of a gun, 
But when you grow up in California and play your college ball in Arizona State and LSU, how many cold weather games did you play? I don't want them going there. Okay. Same thing kind of true with the Giants. Atlanta, obviously, indoor stadium, good weather. Play a lot of your games in the South. Atlanta is a really good fit for Jaden, as much as I hate to say it. Okay, and I understand that's not what you want to hear because a good bit of you are Saints fans. But Atlanta is a pretty elite setup. Young, progressive coach on his second chance in Raheem Morris. Um, one of the Shanahan guys is going to be the offensive coordinator. Actually, he's a McVay guy, but McVay is a Shanahan guy. So you're probably going to get good play calling. The weapons in Atlanta is the best out of these four, and it's probably not really that close. Um, so if I were to rank these situations, I would say Atlanta number one, Giants number two, Vegas number three, New England number four. Okay. James says Charles Turner will be a day one starter. Day one. LSU's had success with centers. So Ethan Postick is still in the league. Cushionberry still in the league. So let's let's see how it rolls, man. Not many. There's 32 center jobs opening. But maybe he can also play some guard. We'll see. Now, good news. We'll be live tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central. I want to shout out our top super chatter of the evening. That is Lil Dub. Really appreciate you alongside Jared A. Appreciate all our merch purchases and Lisey Dex uh, making our interviews look really good. That's Dex and the crew. I love it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It is power out LSU. Boom. Now. I do have a request. Please, if it is in your heart's desire, okay, please go subscribe to my new NFL channel. Power Hour NFL just released a new video today, and I'm trying to get this channel to 1,000 subs. We're already halfway there. I had an absolutely crazy week on this channel with uh, views. Um, you can go see it for yourself. It's crazy. Uh, but please go subscribe to it putting a lot of work and effort into that the patreon appreciate your support let's go and tonight we're doing chicken wings and ribs let's go let's go